All right. We're talking to Corinne Thiessen, um, who's a Lesbridge artist, someone whose work I really admire, um, and shared a studio space, but we were like ships in the night. We never mm -hmm. actually worked together, but um, still, there was that space. Um, but you were originally from Winnipeg, from Manitoba. How did yes. you make your way to Lethbridge? Yes, I was born and raised in Winnipeg, and I came to Lethbridge via Abbotsford through a long journey <laughs> <laughs> way back. And I left when I was 18 years old, just graduated from high school, and I went to Abbotsford, BC. That was in 1993, a long time ago. Abbotsford. Yeah, I went to Abbotsford, BC. I stayed there for five years got married very young, then came to Lethbridge. Yeah. So, so what did you do in Abbotsford? So I went to Bible college. Oh, and it was, was in Abbotsford? Yeah, oh, it was in okay. Abbotsford, BC. So I'm no longer part of any religion at this point. But at that time in my life, I was really searching for something meaningful and something that would help me overcome this very difficult, turbulent childhood. And so, uh, yeah, through a series of events, I ended up going to Bible college for two years and stayed in Abbotsford and then ended up coming to Lethbridge and then never really left. So, And did you guys come for a job or school? Yeah, or? We, we went to the Kootenays for a little bit and tried to find work and it was really difficult oh, to find so work hard. there. Yeah, yeah, and especially where we were more remotely in the Kootenays and found some odd jobs here and there and picked up cans on the side of the road to bring <laughs> them in for recycling. I remember buying a tub of ice, a little thing of ice cream. <laughs> From our can collection. <laughs> isn't, isn't it amazing though, like those days are so different. I, I remember hearing Kurt Cobain talk one time and he's like, it's a bummer now because I can afford to buy what I liked going to a secondhand store where I could find those like fun little treasures. And I'm like, it's kind of true when you yeah. go in. Yeah, we appreciated that. Yeah. It was rice dream. We were like not really <laughs> vegan at the time, but we were like, <laughs> into health stuff <laughs> and it was like this tiny little like a Hagen dazs it was like a little tub of rice stream ice cream from our can collection <laughs> oh. i shouldn't laugh because like that's not it's not really funny but it's like the things that we did where we probably could have or should have been trying in different ways to do something else but we gave up we gave up on the Kootenays pretty early when we came through Lethbridge because we had thought, you know, there's a university here, so mm -hmm. we'll eventually get our schooling. And and we found work here, so we stayed. And Robin's parents are here, so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is he from here? Yeah, he's from Lethbridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, both his parents are here. But he so. was out in Abbotsford. Yeah, he was. Yeah, mm -hmm. he was out there for a time with his brother, so, yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so, I, I think I was asking you before if you always sort of created art or if it was always an outlet or if it was um, yeah. something that, how, sort of how did you come yeah. on that? Um, when I was a kid, like a child, I, um, I used to draw all the time and make comics and so everybody sort of thought, oh you're an artist because I think you're good at it or they recognize, oh you you can do, you can draw. Yeah. So, yeah, as a kid I did that in elementary school. That was a big thing. And then... What well, were your comics like? Oh my God, they're just <laughs> Big bushy hair yeah. always. It's really flat, two-dimensional profile of, of usually princesses or just cheesy puns. 
Yeah. And yeah. I just wondered if they were if they were something more serious or it sounds like they were something that was yeah. lightened what yeah, was going on. Yeah, kind of bad. Like, like I was saying, looking back at them, I'm like, these are really bad drawings. I don't know why people encouraged me or why. Like, I had this moment where I was like, oh my God, all my life I thought this was the direction to go. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe this is not, not for me. But at the same time, I know nothing else. I just feel like so, you know, that feeling that artists have where you're just so compelled and pulled in this direction. You're obsessed and compulsive. You can't help but make yeah. and create. So, Well, and I'm glad you did. Yeah. Because you're you're making and creating some really cool cool stuff thanks um so did you did you sort of take it more seriously when you went to the university yeah i was i felt so restricted and so bound physically or not physically but i but i felt so scared and terrified at the university and I didn't really realize it, although I was, like everything I was making at that time was so fear-based, like all the work was like literally bound in a physical way, trying to overcome something. Hmm. And then I look back and it's like, oh yeah, well of course, that was all this restrictive sort of fearful, I was so terrified of making a mistake or doing it wrong or I was so... Looking dumb. That was my yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe. Even or, now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 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 Or pleasing people yeah. or being a very serious, committed artist or I don't know, like, I think I was trying to find what is art, how, how do you do it, what's good, what's bad, and like, maybe according to somebody else's idea of it. And then, the, so the art that was in those ambiguous gray places, I didn't really know how to place. You know, you're almost like sometimes thinking you should have someone else's opinion of what is good or bad. Well, I think that's that's almost the, um, uh, in a way, what art or what any education does to us, right? Is it gives here is sort of what the absolute is, even though it it uh, says they encourage critical thinking. There are sort of right or wrong answers and even critiques in art. Yeah. There are sort of right and wrongs that end up coming out, right? Yeah. And so I think you, when you're doing art in university, there is um, a tendency to want to please in a way, right? Yeah. Or to figure out. But the cool thing is you figure out how you fit in the conversation, don't you think? Now? Cause, yeah, because it seems like you've definitely figured out that. Yeah, I feel like a little, I think it's, and it's getting older as a person, a human being, and yeah. as a woman, like, finding your your, vo your own voice and your own place, whereas before it's like, if you don't really know, it comes out in it, but I think I feel like, okay, and even if I don't know those answers, at least I can play and experiment and not take it so seriously and just put something out there and just, like, part of, part of what I feel is being generous with others maybe is showing your failures or like showing that it's not all polished and perfect and it doesn't have to be and so just play playing in the act of playing and, and something messing up is actually going to be funny and going to be okay and this isn't necessarily end like it's also to this idea that this is the end product yeah like it's always this this place of being in motion or being in flux or or like the messy in-between part can also be something. It just is what it is. It doesn't have to be the beginning, the middle, the end. Like yeah. it's just, here it is.
And in fact, I mean, you know, with with process or even um, performance, right? It, there, there almost shouldn't be a product. Yeah. It, it is that that process. The the hard thing, and and we were talking about Instagram for a second there. The wonderful part about Instagram is it gives you that place. It's sh- uh, to show your process, to yeah. show your playing, to show your failures, yeah, um, and to show your your successes. But yeah. it's not something we've always been able to access. Yeah. And so. You know, I, I wouldn't have a lot of your, and I'm kind of jumping around, we should probably backtrack, but just sort of thinking of your stuff through Instagram, it's wonderful to kind of see what's going on, different things that are, are being tried and, mm-hmm. um, and being led in, being led into your studio basically, right? right I get yeah. to have little glimpses of, of what you're doing and what your day was like and, yeah. and different things you're doing. So it's, it's, uh, it's a weird gift maybe. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. Instagram is such a great thing. Like, I don't know what I would do without it. I don't know if other people feel that way in a small town too, or if you're not exhibiting or if you're not. And yeah. especially now when we're not in contact with people, it's like, we need these outlets yeah. to show ourselves and to see others and like, Well, you yeah. know, it's, it's interesting how people who aren't performers, I mean, there's the whole on Facebook and, and Instagram, there's the dance craze and and doing something right and putting it out there yeah and so you get people who would never be performers you know that's not something they do mm-hmm. that are wanting to perform for the camera they're wanting to do something put this performance together and and then put it out for the world to see and, and yeah. they're not people that usually do that so I think right. yeah they're maybe feeling the connection that we as artists yeah. feel I don't know yeah it's a wonderful sort of mask maybe or yeah. intermediary um, yeah, you can edit it. Well, I was going to say it's still put, very curated. Yeah, right? curated I mean, for sure. Yeah, very, very. You know, we're we're definitely putting stuff out there that still is showing what we want to show, even if there are failures. We're, That's true. We're very conscious of, That's of true. what we're going to show or yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's backtrack a bit. Yeah, let's um, let's talk about sort of in university. So I saw some of your work. One of the pieces I really liked was that Leo Singer with the nylons and them being filled with all of these odd objects. yeah, that's right. That was so early. I didn't even know, I didn't even have an artist voice maybe, or maybe it was from the past or I don't know, it was just crazy mishmash. I think that that show was like ruin and reclamation, right? So it was like such a perfect fit for collecting junk, collecting objects, nothing's perfect. And yeah, just shoving pieces into pantyhose and I think I had like light bulbs and light oh, fixtures you had telephones. stuffed in there. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it just to me was so amazing because um, it was something so feminine, like the pantyhose. Um, so there, there was that aspect to it, but it was also, they, they held these really heavy, um, non-feminine, for lack of a better word, objects, right? Mm-hmm. And, and held them quite well I mean it it sort of had this oh right yeah. you know like they yeah. they hung quite a bit I don't know so to me yeah um it just it just had such a yeah such a cool message to it as the you know as holding everything in these pantyhose like right. they do us yeah that's how yeah, I, I looked at about, it I think I didn't even really think about it maybe that was like an intuitive kind of way of working but I loved like there's the material part and then the thematic or the conceptual part of it, but yeah, yeah. like the um, stretchy materials, like are stretching 
Actually, I think what I was thinking about was a snake that eats something and then oh. holds the shape of maybe as a cartoon where you see like <laughs> yeah. the outline of an elephant or something because yeah. the snake or a duck or something where the yeah like a full fully perfect rabbit <laughs> like the pantyhose are like the snake eating these things and I never thought about it that's great line. <laughs> But you ha so um, that was kind of like an installation piece I yeah. I saw and it fit in with that. Coincidentally, then your son ended up doing a little piece with yeah, Paul. That's I just saw right. the picture the other day for yeah. it. But um, what else? I, I, you kind of did performance with your what was the lady with with uh, when you had the monkey on your back? Oh yeah, um, I was thinking about I, so I created I made a whole monkey and then it was just this lady walking around with the monkey on her back, like something she couldn't shake, but I almost wanted to feel like it was an invisible thing. Like she couldn't see it, but everybody <laughs> else can see it, you know, like it's obvious. Yeah. And this character was, I've just felt like she was a burnt out celebrity and, you know, sort of t discarded by society because she was either too old, meaning like she was probably 30 <laughs> in Hollywood. Um, in Hollywood years or whatever um, but yeah she she just wandered the streets and like her mind was just different and and not not necessarily in reality but she had this like an addiction like I was feeling so much like to have a monkey on your back is like you're carrying something it may be invisible to you but then she started to have this relationship with it so it was like <laughs> this companion and the way like your vices become a relationship partner uh, or the way an inanimate object can be like a relationship yeah comfort yeah comfort yeah and romance or fantasy not reality um but yeah just like the idea that she'd be standing looking longingly and you'd see her from the back looking at something and wanting it and then it's also this bird and she can't get rid of it's just stuck on her mm. almost like a grim fairy tale <laughs> <laughs> well they, they were wonderful they were so cinematic right Thanks. um yeah they definitely yeah. had had that feel to them yeah where'd you go from there oh when, and i did the master's degree i did some performance restricting myself becoming an yes. insect i did um I wanted to play with that Yoko Ono audio where she has a fly buzzing around on her body and she's singing the insect song. Yeah. And I wanted to, I, I was so moved by Kafka's uh, story about the metamorphosis where yeah. Gregor Samsa's transformed into an insect and I thought that's so perfect how, um, such a dark story, but mm -hmm. either how so many of us feel or we're invisible maybe to the world or would they perceive us as an insect you know and then as women um be feeling invisible yeah so to bind myself and strap myself into a restrictive sort of straitjacket was also playing with hysteria and the images that you see of um women who were performing hysteria and in the um, Sanit um, Charcot's institution in France. 
Tell me more about that a little bit. Um, so I had been reading about, I'm probably going to get it wrong now because it's been a while since I read about it, but Charcot, I believe, was Freud's teacher and Freud studied at the institution okay. in France. The name is eluding me now. And so women were institutionalized for hysteria and whether there was actually something going on or not, I'm not sure, but um, they also were... I think encouraged to act and perform for other male colleagues. Oh, really? So there's always this almost this performative aspect to it as well. Oh, wow. Hmm. So somebody else out there would have more expertise on that, but not that it was all fake, but it was more like a, I think like a mass hysteria kind of a, an influence in the actions that they were doing. So mm -hmm. like screaming or contortions and then also how hysteria was relieved in the doctor's office by bringing women to <laughs> orgasm which yeah. is such a crazy story to think about yeah how a normal quote-unquote normal sexuality was so pathologized yeah. as if it was um as if it was like oh yeah it's just well it wasn't it wasn't in a way their own desire it wasn't brought on or maybe it was maybe that's why they made more appointments at the doctor yeah, oh. <laughs> i need an appointment stat <laughs> finally having orgasms in oh, the doctor's office and not at home through just regular yeah. penetration yeah exactly surprise surprise i know it's crazy it is yeah. crazy crazy time and you used um from what I remember, then I do remember different apparatuses yeah. and things like that. Just Velcro straps, and then I made these giant insect legs that kind of scraped the ceiling, and I just strung this thing, like I put in anchors that would hold me in a sling, like a hammock. Okay, yeah. From the ceiling, so I was in the hammock, and I just strapped myself into the legs, and then I just, the legs became my, my arms, like ah. extensions of my yeah. arms, so. Huh. That was a very insecure time, though. That felt extremely vulnerable, and, it, and I really didn't know what I was doing. I was trying things out and looking for some response. Like, if I try this, well, who will like it? Yeah. What should, should I do art that... Is art supposed to be very difficult, or is it supposed to flow easily? And I just didn't know the answer to that. At that time, I thought, the more you struggle yeah. or put yourself out of your comfort zone, you know, I just had that question, like, what, what should I be doing something so far outside myself, or should it be very easy? Yeah. You and know? and when do you think, or or even have you, when do you think you sort of realized that, or or felt differently about it, or was there sort of a a spot or a project or you know an epiphany in a way that changed how you worked? Or yeah, I think like. I think there's something to be said for going outside the comfort zone, but there's something to be said for doing something that does come easy and natural to you. So I don't, I, I don't know if I even know the answer now. Yeah. I think that like the MFA pushed me to do work that I maybe wouldn't have otherwise done because it challenged me and it forced me, even regardless of how I felt about it, to try something and to complete it. Yeah. But, you know, it's all, maybe it's a matter of what you show to the world and what you don't. So, yeah, like, do, do it all. Do anything and everything and fail a thousand times. You don't have to show anyone. Yeah. 
but the other stuff came after the MFA. It was the work of like David Shrigley or even like Glenn McKinnon's approach to work and then his nephew, James Braithwaite, who does um, animation and, and comics and it was fun and it was easy and it was light and I was like, on a way I was like, how dare they have so much fun? <laughs> like. Is that allowed? Is that fair? Like, all I'm. Is it important? I'm suffering. Yeah, or is it important? Mm -hmm. I'm suffering over here. Aren't we supposed to suffer? Yeah. Just like my upbringing, where it was very Protestant yeah. work ethic and Mennonite. Like, life is about suffering, and if you're not suffering, it's not important or real, <laughs> and it should be very serious. <laughs> so, like, as soon as I was done with that master's, which was so stressful. And not, and not that it was all bad, but I was just so relieved to go through. It's like climbing a mountain and you hate it every second yeah. of hiking it. And you get to the top and you see the view and you're like, okay, let me, get me off this mountain. <laughs> and then you get down to the bottom and you're like, oh, I'm so glad that's over. That was great. Yeah. Now that it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, okay, maybe I can do free stupid stuff. That's fun. Yeah. And that's when I just started being silly and it's just like that pretty much continued in a very silly trajectory. Maybe some serious undertones in the work too, but. Can you maybe talk about some of that work? Just sort of. Yeah, like comics. Yeah. Comics or drawing that didn't have to be good, like bad on purpose. So I would draw from memory and I was like, I can't remember how a body looks like. So I would do these yoga poses and I would just do like breasts that were hanging down like way too low or like parts of the body. I was like, I can't think of anatomy. I like, I need to look at something. I can't imagine how some body is twisted in a pose I can't remember like I don't what's, what does an ear look like like if I try to draw an ear so I did these drawing exercises with my students too and I would say okay I want you to draw a full skeleton from start to, like top to bottom yeah and and by students you, you mean you were you yeah, did some sessions at the university at the right Uval. yeah and that yeah. was really fun because it was like let go of all of your um, ego and your feeling about oh I can't show anyone this drawing I have to be so precious or I can't I can't draw badly I, ha I can't make a mistake so it's like okay we'll go dive into that and we'll like do the worst drawings we can possibly think of from memory or not you know and then um, so you're going through this process at with your students in a way yeah. right you were opening yourself up um, yeah and yeah which is very cool yeah so, so sorry yeah so we would try to draw all the parts of the skeleton every bone and then um, you know different things like draw a person riding a horse you know from memory draw like whatever you can think of from an ear what does an ear look like from memory well if you try to draw could you remember all the lines yeah so um, what were we saying? So yeah, drawing bad on purpose was a f way of freeing up. Like, so I would do these strange yoga poses and like really distorted bodies, and then com comical things, and then paintings, and yeah, just. So it was, which in a way is is an interesting thing because you almost got. Um, not almost, you were finished your master's, so there's sort of this freedom now of doing what you want to do. And then you found yourself back in an academic setting, but in a different role. Yeah. And you allowed yourself to keep playing, and not only that, but encouraged students to yeah. play, right? So mm -hmm. to kind of find this freedom that you end up finding. Yeah. Going through 
So lucky students. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, so many of us have like this fear of um, someone's going to look at my drawing, like especially mm -hmm. when the students come in and they want to draw it perfect, and if they draw it perfect, then it's good. And yeah, and they they're so afraid of making a mistake, but yeah, it's nice to dive into that. Well, before we're usually encouraged the more it looks represent something yeah. exactly then it's a good drawing yeah there you go right the and so language of yeah good yeah. and bad and good is representational yeah. yeah and so that's yeah something that it's really nice to learn because my mom draws very well mm -hmm. and so i just didn't think i was an artist because yeah. i couldn't draw well right 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 so that was <laughs> yeah. a criteria it's like well yeah and um and then just end up taking a studio class at the university and went, oh, there are my people. Yeah. <laughs> Transferring out English. English was great, but it was yeah. just all of a sudden I really realized that that's what I was doing. But I was really lucky. I had uh, Michael Campbell okay. and Mary Kavanaugh were the student or were the studio teachers. So they yeah. were just two fantastic mm -hmm. ones to have and really opened your eyes to things not needing to be perfect. And right. And uh, yeah, so it was, I was lucky there. Yeah. But um, so once you loosened up and we start doing stuff, mm -hmm. um, were were you exhibiting at other places? You traveled a bit, right? Yeah, I've had I've exhibited um, here and there a little bit, and then did some artist residencies, which allowed me to travel, and then just continued to dive more into I guess what you'd call is goofy and silly on one hand, but then maybe has some serious undertones on the other hand, but um, I, I find that like humor, um, yeah, the humorous stuff is almost like undermining somebody, like the seriousness of it, how do I say it? Like, I, I, I often feel like I don't know if other women feel this way or if it's because you're you're a woman like you just you're not always taken seriously unless maybe you're doing very serious work or it is you know traditionally in a sense like something sexy yeah well you know? I don't know I think that's worse <laughs> I don't know I don't I think actually there just is a tendency with our work with women's work to really have it more defined whether it's this or that um, whether it's sexy or not, whether it's humorous or not, or, you know, so I feel like, like in my work then has to be, people want to define it much more, right? They want to define it. Yeah. They yeah. want to categorize it. Right. And so I think what you're talking about too is, is almost bucking against that, right? Because yeah. you're playing with the seriousness, but it's also got a very comedic aspect yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, I think we all want to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't want to undermine my own work in that way, but at the same time, yeah, that's, I, I, maybe I'm still working through that process right now, but, um, hopefully till the day we die. We yeah. Will yeah. <laughs> I just think that like, I wanted to take, t pull the rug out from under people who maybe would dismiss me, but maybe in that process I was dismissing myself. Mm. But by, by using humor, I wanted to take the power away from others dismissing me by dismissing myself first, you know, in a just, in a, as a, like a, a jester, as a, yeah. fo a fool, play, playing the fool to sort of pull the rug out from yeah. under. 
Uh, being being aware you're playing the fool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not being a made fool of. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. What? Who are you? Who are you inspired by? Right now, I'm really obsessed with Jack Stauber, who does music and video, stop motion animation and then live video. But he's a musician, and yeah, his his songs are great, and it's so weird and bizarre. I love Amber Wellman. She's a painter. Yeah. I love. Um, I think it's Genevieve Figgis. I hope that's right. Yes. So it's like portraits that are are like Victorian era portraiture, like a very British yeah. scenes of interior spaces. But the faces and figures are all very sort of comical. Oh, okay. I can send you all those people. Yeah, it'd be great to have yeah. the links with it too. Yeah. Um, trying to think of who else are my top list oh <laughs> um what's her name truly hall she is doing these incredible performances with stages and sets and oh. paintings like mixing this idea of theater and like these paper mache boobs these two women were these giant boobs and they were doing this boob <laughs> dance together but they were paper mache oh, so silly awesome. but like very yeah. silly but then also very serious and really funny and really I love, I think, I love work that combines music, um, film, stop motion animation, theater. I think I'm finding that I love painting and I love the static image, the yeah. two-dimensional, but I love working also in a way that's like an immersive experience. Well, it's one of the things I've always admired about you, too. I mean, I've seen you in, in a couple different bands uh, playing, but also um, one performance I caught, I think you were doing poetry, playing your accordion. I think it was up in Hanotic. I'm pretty sure. But I, re I remember just going, oh, frick, and she plays accordion? Like, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I've just sort of admired that, the music quality that you, you also have or, or possess. Thanks. But, uh, yeah. And you have combined that with, like, when I think about it now, as we're sitting here talking, there has always a lot of times been that music that's definitely been a part of it, hey? Mm, I know. Audio. I wish I could, um, I think I need to put more money into taking classes or just exploring, like, artists who are using, you know, spoons and household objects and household junk to yeah. make amazing audio soundscape we'll have to start a noise band yes <laughs> yeah 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 but uh where do you see your direction now we were talking a bit that you're enjoying almost playing or playing without uh, yeah where do you feel you are now either specifically or yeah. headspace well i started doing these collage paintings about a year ago I think I dabbled in it and then went away and then came back. I don't know if you, you notice sometimes you cycle through something and you're like, oh, that, that is exactly what I was doing a year ago. Hmm. But um, I started painting out instead of like cutting, I had no patience to cut so tiny. <laughs> so I thought I could get a brush in there and just brush out information in, a, in a, like a magazine or a photograph. Yeah. So I started painting out information and then painting in new information with by using stock images and magazines so that's been a focus for a year now and then it just grew and grew into this addiction where um, 
yeah, I found myself um, just uh, almost making masks or I call it like costume design or theater direction, theater director where say I find a magazine with local accountants or real estate agents and they've all got their very serious portraits in the magazine and then I make them into clowns or give them bunny ears, <laughs> put costumes on them. And um, that's been really like a generative experience to, um, if I'm stuck and I need to just paint and I want to paint, I don't know what to paint. Yeah. It's like very helpful for me to get going. So that's one thing I've been doing. And then well, stop motion animation. So. I know. I yeah. was, that was the next thing I wanted to ask you about because that, um, I don't know if it did flow into that. I know you did some before too, but it's been interesting watching it and then all of a sudden those characters came alive. Right. So it was yeah. like there was these characters, these characters made yeah. for a year and then all of a sudden I looked and these characters are coming alive. It was yeah. so fun. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so how, I mean, and you're combining them, not just those static images that you're um, bringing alive, but also you've got dolls in there. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically using anything I have around the house or like, you know, you accumulate like a hoarder, you hoard things sometimes, um, thrift store items. And uh, yeah, it's just been fun to piece them together and then make them move. Um, yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, maybe having the video, the, the moving component to the paintings makes them come alive. So I enjoy the process of the, just the, the static image, but also making them move is quite fun because then I can add the audio. And, yeah. and then I can have a, maybe almost a political or a cheeky commentary with that because I can use different audio clips. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The audio um, becomes just as important, if not more so, than than your image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point. Yeah. Um, where I mean, because we were talking, we sort of started off uh, the interview talking about Instagram and how it's this wonderful exhibition space. Um, with the work you do right now, it seems so perfect for online, computer, Instagram. It, mm -hmm. it kind of works really well that way. Do you see it in a more traditional gallery setting or is that, I mean, is it, um, yeah, I guess with exhibiting it and using those sort of tools? Yeah, um, definitely would be great if that happens. I, I, was, I was recently in Mexico City and we had an exhibition um, of, so I had printed off some of the stock images and some magazine images as like large photographic prints and then painted right onto those. Mm. So those did really well in a gallery because they're, yeah. they're large. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think exhibiting stop motion in a gallery would be fine too. I think it's more like, um, uh, yeah, I think Instagram gives you that instant dopamine rush, that instant gratification of something has this testing ground to yeah. piece together. It's almost like showing your sketchbook, like you were saying, like mm. sh almost showing your sketchbook every day or in coming into your studio and seeing all your scraps lying around and you're showing that. Yeah. Snapshots, two second snapshots of that all over the place. But um, I, I, yeah, in a gallery setting, I think for sure. Well, I can, I can especially imagine sitting and and watching some of those yeah. um, animations because they 
I don't know, they're so easy to kind of fall into, right? So yeah. that's what makes them great on Instagram, but I can really see in a gallery sort of being able to yeah. sit and get comfortable and be freaked out right. about it. There's some, <laughs> there's, Calgary has done the animation festival with yeah. Quick Draw Animation. Mm-hmm. I've been a couple times to those and found some incredible, inspiring, like the wide range of animation yeah. from all over the world. Those are so great to go to a theater that ever happens again with a crowd know, of people right? to sit and watch it's like yeah actually you know one of the funnest things i ever did was i went with maya and we went to a theater and watched the commercial commercial compilation awards like there are awards for commercials oh really it was so fun you could just see bizarre or controversial commercials like advertising yeah. <laughs> from all over the world yeah. hey yeah or yeah. like clips of um old I think they used to do a found footage festival it might be on YouTube and it would be like the weirdest stuff from the 80s like exercise videos or yeah. like prancer size yeah and well and it's always interesting in those things being able to look at it then from today's view right and so then yeah. you're looking at something whether you're changing the meaning of what it is or literally just looking at it yeah straightforward right different yeah. context I think it is nice to get outside of a gallery in your head and to be in real life or to be just outside and using whatever found everyday stuff. So I don't know, like I know some, it's a, it's an interesting question too, to think about like where, where you fit in or if that's the right space for you, or if I think maybe there are some galleries that are into the weird and creepy and funny. Yeah. That would be a really good fit. Yeah. I'm still trying to find that place but Mexico City was a good place and you ended up having to come back early didn't you yeah because that was right at the beginning of all this yeah unfortunately and I had an I had two exhibitions one was with the residency that became a virtual exhibition but that was it's really too bad we had to cut that short because we had a big opening planned and that would have been right in the residency space at Casa Lu, which was such an awesome, Aww. beautiful space. And then at Espacio Union, which is another awesome gallery in Mexico City with the kindest people who have this really sweet, small gallery space for... Aww. Yeah, and they do an exhibition every two weeks. Oh, wow, really? Two weeks, yeah. Wow. I don't know how, they clo- how long they close in between. Yeah. But I, yeah, they're so awesome there. And, so I hope I can get back. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah, hope that opportunity comes again. Yeah. Yeah, this has been such a weird, weird, weird time. COVID-19. Yeah. COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? There's a good documentary on Netflix about it. About COVID. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I've been avoiding it. Did you watch it? Yeah, I started it's, watching yeah. it. It's actually really informative. It's like, okay, okay COVID-19 <laughs> did come from 2019 because I was wondering what the 19 came from. But yeah. So I think yeah. it was, I forget who it was that said, like a ding dong that said, we've, there's been 18 before this. So it's like, no, oh. actually, that's not how the name came about. <laughs> we should have bought it together. But <laughs> that's Oh. oh, that's great. I love the rumors <laughs> and the conspiracy theories. Those are interesting. Oh, they are. They're fun. As long as you take them as, as fun. Right. <laughs> so um, I'm very jealous because you have your studio built in your backyard, which I haven't got to visit yet. Yeah. I'll have to make a studio visit. when. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But what was, what was that like? What's it like having your studio? What, tell me yeah. about it, because you built it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so do you want to know about the building process? Or yeah, the, well, I guess, I mean. Or the space in the backyard, or? I, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm interested in even just that you took that on as your, your own thing. You just decided you would build, not, I mean, obviously you're capable it's just it's not something everyone does and builds yeah. a space in their backyard and okay yeah I don't know so I yeah. guess you knew you had enough space back there and just decided to go mm -hmm. for it yeah I built it I designed it around the trees I had actually met with an architect originally and it was going to be very expensive and it was talking about pouring concrete and making like a garage and I didn't want to go expensive I couldn't and I didn't want to do a concrete pad so I thought I'll do a shed like just yeah. a shed and not have to do all of the garage permits yep. so no pouring so I just built it onto slabs and yep. my dad um, he's a an avid builder builds decks and sheds so he had a lot of good advice for me and sent me all the good YouTube clips because if you just go on YouTube like pe when people say I oh I built it off YouTube it's like well well which one like yeah. how many 500 ways are there to install a window yeah so he sent me which was so handy to have like a really good uh, one channel to watch so one guy who's very very thorough he's like this kind of corny Canadian guy with a bad goatee <laughs> he explains everything very thoroughly and um, as if you've never picked up a tool, so that's so handy. And then um, <laughs> I had like some woodworking experience from working in the shop and being an art student, you know, as you make your, learn yeah. to make your own canvas and use a chop saw and you yeah. use a jigsaw. So I started um, designing where I wanted the space to be organically, like feeling out the space so it wouldn't take up too much in the yard. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll make it 12 feet tall. I don't know why I thought that, because I wanted it high and so then yeah. I made a mock board I didn't have a board I screwed two pieces together measured 12 feet and lifted it up to the sky and I thought that's way too high thank yeah. god right because <laughs> you don't always know what a plan will look like yeah on yeah. in your space so I brought that down to 10 feet and then did a slope from 10 feet to 8 feet and then just slowly built like the deck part and then built up and needed often needed another set of hands to help me lift things up like doing the framing but yeah I'd watch the videos over and over which I don't have a lot of patience for I don't have patience some people are so good at sitting there <laughs> and doing things right I'm like oh whatever and I do my own measurements which are really weird no one gets it so when I did color coding plans with pencil crayons <laughs> my dad would probably just roll over <laughs> and be like no so um yeah, but you approached it from from well your experience, but also from um, an artist's aesthetic, right? I yeah. mean, if you're doing something like holding something up that's twelve feet, that's something that you're visually trying yeah. to then sort of yeah. figure out, right? Step so, by step. Yeah, yeah. So even even when you're making that, you're definitely have your you know uh, yeah. not stamp on it, but. Um, sensibilities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Creating something that works for right yeah yeah more by feel yeah and yeah one thing led to another and I would see like the old way that people used to I guess create um, stability was to cut boards at an angle and I just thought it looked so gorgeous so yeah. then I did these angled boards and I just collected it took me at least two years to build that because I had to collect fence boards and 
chop off the rotten bits and then create different patterns and it was nice because I've got like all these different people from the community who had old fences like they have their own wall oh, cool. outside or inside you know so it's kind of like it's kind of cool that they're kind yeah. of feel like they're part of it so all of that is recycled so I used brand new boards for the framing and then yeah all the recycled stuff was the exterior and the interior walls which ended up looking they look kind of better than drywall maybe they're not as practical like I can't always use them for what I need to but they look nice um, just these old fence boards like that shabby yeah. chic kind of yeah it's kind of in style now like the repurposed barn wood and stuff like that so, yeah for sure yeah yeah mm-hmm. so now we're in Lethbridge. Hundred thousand people live here. Um, we're fortunate right now. We're in the Trianon Gallery, um, so we have some amazing galleries in Lethbridge itself. And then, of course, we have the university that has the art program. But what what do you find maybe your challenges being in Lethbridge, and maybe then also the the great things about being an artist in Lethbridge? Mm. Yeah, I have found it challenging. I have felt felt a little bit of a hate on. In Lethbridge, which I, I um, am working through. <laughs> you felt a hate on like your work? No, I, I feel like I've been struggling in Lethbridge. I've been wanting to expand myself and move outside of Lethbridge myself. Yeah, yeah. Like I find it, I found it challenging personally. Like I felt for so long, like you know, I graduated from high school, but now I'm back at high school. <laughs> You know, I'm still in the same building. Just yeah. that feeling. Like I felt like I felt like is it me or is it the place? Like I've had to deal with like um is that my issue that I have to grow and expand outside of my environment and where I am? And what what is it why do I feel limited? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like I'm stuck or I'm reaching all these roadblocks? Like I've always felt like I was making progress and then hitting a wall and I don't know if that was part inspiration or part environment I'm still working through that right like what is me and what is my environment so yeah and like doing artist residencies and travel was so great because I could meet new people and find out how they're doing it and how they're making a go of it elsewhere and Sometimes it, it is about the city you're in, and sometimes it is about your mindset. So I think um, now we're in a different place where we're like, this Lethbridge is an awesome place to isolate. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> yeah. it is already so set up, <laughs> which is why, which is, yeah, which is why it makes which is it why it drove me nuts. Yeah, because I yeah. wanted to be more social and I wanted to be yeah. in a big, bigger, bustling city. I just felt like, as I guess part extrovert, part introvert, but the extrovert part of me wanted, craved that stimulation and that inspiration from bigger cities where artists weren't looked at like, you're this strange anomaly and you're, you've kind of, um, you've colored everything in the lines already. <laughs> like, the picture's done. Like, what more can you color? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So, I find... Being an introvert, I like big bustling cities because I can be within it and not be in it. Exactly. Right. Whereas I have nowhere to hide in Lethbridge. Yes. So I, I can't I, I can't go to an opening because I just get 
yeah. it just kind of freaks Anxiety. me out. Yeah. Whereas a big city, no one really, you can kind of be more anonymous. So oh, I exactly. find, yeah, I, to me, that's a, a challenge for trying to be part of a, the art community. I find, I feel too uh, noticeable, it's like a horrible word. I don't, I don't mean self-important, but I just mean, sometimes I just yeah. find it really hard to be that, to be Absolutely. social. Absolutely, I think there are huge challenges being in a small town. Yeah. I think that, yeah, it's the familiarity or if you did one thing at one time, people like register that one thing with you. It's like you put on a bunny costume this one time in 1993 <laughs> and people are like, you're the bunny lady. And it's like, you can't change your suit. Yeah, it's like, no, I am Dracula now. Can you see, I've been Dracula for 10 years and nobody notices, whereas you go to a new place and it's like, oh yeah, I get yeah. you. Oh, and you can be five things. Yeah. You're not just that one thing. It's funny how you evolve. <laughs> it's so true though, right? We it's do right? get, yeah. It's we, like we pitch it, it's like I said, it, I call it Keanu Reeves syndrome because it's like <laughs> Keanu is only playing one part. I know. And then you're pigeonholed into this one. Yeah, this one role you had because like you were in the great year that in the grade five play and you're still in grade five where it's like yeah. yeah I wanted to move on and be a different person and challenge myself it's that anonymity you get in the bigger city where you're like oh, no one gives a shit it must be it. the wonderful thing too I haven't done a residency um, so it's something I, I definitely want to do but it must be the wonderful part of that because yeah. you're going in somewhere where no one knows you yeah. And so you have that openness to explore. Tell me, tell me about yeah. one of your, you mentioned Mexico, but you were also yeah. in Europe somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I did a residency in Italy and in France. And then I just bummed around in Amsterdam by myself on a bike for some time. It was Good so great. You. Yeah. Yeah. And like the residencies can be I've had some really great experiences some really not so great but the good part is you kind of instant instant community instant artist community so it's like yeah. it's like um, any kind of schooling or art school like all the great things about the instant community and uh, learning from each other and like people who get it like they just relate right away and understand yeah. all the struggles and all the obsessive compulsive nature of of that but also have so much to offer and you just learn so much from other people and what how they've done it and what they've done and all the mistakes they've made and yeah yeah do you find yourself working collaboratively in Lethbridge like is that something you've not chosen? enough yeah. yeah like it is really funny here it'd, it'd be good to talk about that more actually like yeah. why what are the challenges that we have here because there are so many of us who are awesome people who have um interesting or dynamic or similarities yeah. or differences or differences yeah and then how and why are we not collaborating or what is it about is it that small town nature where we are too familiar with each other and then we don't um, get together enough because we maybe assume we all know each other or we assume we have all talked to each other or whatever that may be? Yeah. But yeah, often I think about people like Chanel um, and mm -hmm. Mandy and, and they are friends of mine and recently I haven't gotten in touch with them. But, you know, I've thought about um, 
the parallels or the things, the places of connection where we have similarities or overlap, and it's like, yeah. why don't we collaborate more? Why don't we get together more often? I don't know. Maybe that will happen, and maybe now, now that we're a little bit shifting again with COVID, maybe we'll have more opportunity for that. But yeah, yeah I was found myself searching outside. Like I really wanted to get out and get yeah. away from Lethbridge because it just felt so much like like a hometown feeling where you need to get out and, and go and yeah. leave. So yeah, I yeah, I think that. I, like I desire that I desire to work with people and then I also have that same sort of um, where I just don't like being or I just freak out about being around yeah, people right for sure and and have those feelings of someone seeing my art seeing my process right yeah and, and being um, I'm getting over that but yeah that's, yeah it's um, hard to collaborate I'm collaborating with Haley Heavy Shield Oh. right now so we are in um we have a project together in the alberta biennial oh so and we're not sure how um that's supposed to be in september in edmonton and who knows if that will at this point be an in-person exhibition or if it'll be virtual yeah like that's so. very cool i yeah, did so not know that yeah so we'll definitely have to and and once you sort of know what's happening if it's going to happen mm -hmm. who knows by september hopefully but otherwise if it's virtual or whatever then we'll have to make sure we we link up for that one too yeah for sure yeah yeah she'd be great to interview yeah well and, and maybe even um when it comes up i'd love to talk to both of you together yeah about yeah, that'd be super about your project mm -hmm. well thanks it was nice yeah. to get to know you a little okay. bit better thanks and um and hopefully maybe we can collaborate in the future yes. too we'll have to to think of something or or yeah. whatever so yeah. i really love that it's, you don't have to you can add or cut it whatever mm -hmm. you want but um even the dialogue about even having it out in the open because i've internalized so many of these thoughts about the small town phenomenon and I, it's, i've been obsessed with yeah with that feeling like you're saying you feel mm -hmm. like you know everybody but then you don't yeah because we have such a familiarity yeah. then we like ignore each other or don't talk to each other or feel like anxiety at art openings and it's so funny like we could do a whole series of responses to the anxiety about art openings yeah because i feel like i love them and hate them yeah like it used to be the thing i looked forward to most in lethbridge i couldn't yeah. wait yeah you know, but at the same time, now I really understand that social anxiety thing. And now we've got this additional thing where we're socially isolated and I'm socially, like, have social anxiety with this COVID thing. Yeah. Because I'm like, everybody get out, get away from me. Mm hmm But then we miss people and we're lonely and we miss the, you know, the pub, going for beers at the pub and... Yeah. Yeah, just that sort of relaxed way of, of getting together. Yeah. It will it will be interesting. I mean, it's been interesting watching art and what's happening now because, of course, art always sort of has this, um, examines and relates and reflects what's going on, right? Yeah. So it'll be re interesting seeing the, the COVID art, they're calling right. it, right? That's coming out. But then also what happens after, whether yeah. we are seeking things we weren't seeking before and how we're going to work and, and different things like that. So, I mean, it's going to affect so many things, but I think with art and, and music, for sure, those are things that are evolving and being examined right now as to how they'll yeah. go. So, yeah, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Thanks.